Come in, all you lovers of red and green chili. Basin, all who drink the shade of cottonwoods and warm yourselves in the infinite sun. Moon watchers, stargazers, desert dwellers, and cherished friends, come into this sacred hour. Let the music move your spirit and kindness heal your soul. Come, let us worship together. Good morning and welcome. I'm Angela Herrera, the senior minister here at First Unitarian. With me this morning are associate minister, the Reverend Bob Lavalley, lay leader Kristen Satterley, and tech arts director Chris Paul. Arnie Gullered is our volunteer DJ for this service, and Michaela, Barry, and Erica round out the tech team as our ushers. We all welcome you to the service this morning. We especially welcome any new visitors. If you are visiting for the first or second time today and you feel comfortable, we invite you to put your name and location in the chat so that we can greet you personally. Welcome again. Good morning. Our announcements today are in fact two more welcomes. First, I am so happy. We are also happy to welcome our new church administrator, Tanya Collin. Our former church administrator, Penny Fogelman, was on contract from a temp agency, and we really appreciate her service during the transition. But we're so glad to have a long-term church administrator in Tanya Collin. Tanya, Tanya has extensive business administrative experience. She's currently completing her master's degree in organization, information, and learning sciences. That's going to be good for us. She's got a concentration in adult learning and professional development. Like the rest of our staff, Tanya was drawn to work here at First U because she shares the values of our congregation. So if you see Tanya, please say hello. And Tanya, we're just so glad that you're here. Take it away, Kristen. And we have a special guest musician today. Laura Manzanares is an award-winning singer-songwriter of Northern New Mexican heritage. In addition to singing the Mexican boleros, rancheras, and corridos of her sheep ranching childhood, Laura also composes her own style of music in both English and Spanish. Through a combination of storytelling and songs, both playful and sincere, Laura draws on her rural New Mexican roots and her urban experiences across the US and abroad as she sings about love, loss, a sense of place, and her own connection to the land. Welcome, Laura. If you have a chalice or a candle set up, please join Angela and me in lighting them this morning. Together, we light the chalice of our faith, a flame of courage, a cup of peace. May we reflect its warmth as we move in the world, bringing compassion and love to all we touch. Hello and welcome. This song is called Margaret's Dream. It's a song about traveling through uncertainty, through space and through time, and landing in a safe place. In this case, in the song, that place is El Rito, New Mexico, but it could be anywhere. Um, so it's called Margaret's Dream, and there are two cans in the dream that are flying.
Sometimes it can be rough living out here all alone. But helping hands ain't hard to find. I'm never on my own. The Sunday morning sun shines on the faithful saying mass in a corridor of canyons where the ancient ones still pass. The light of El Farolito. Luciana, and I invite you to do the UU affirmation with me. Here we go. We are Unitarian Universalists. We are people of faith with open minds, loving hearts, and helping hands. Hmm. Let's pause the chat for a few moments for our meditation and prayer. There's a meditation technique that you may have heard of, which is to think of the out-breath breathing, breathing out of bad stuff, and the in-breath breathing in good stuff. But if we imagine breathing in all the good stuff, there's an idea that there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. And that already creates a bias. That already creates a binary and our observation of our minds is no longer free from judgment. We're judging what we're seeing. There's also the idea that we want the good stuff for ourselves, right? We want to take it, we want to hold on to it, and we want it to last. And of course, we want to push away the bad stuff. We don't want it. We want to get rid of it. And we want to get rid of it for as long as we possibly can. So this dynamic sets up some unnecessary tension in the mind. With this new technique that I'm proposing, we're going to flip the entire thing on its head and put the happiness of others before our own. So today, as we breathe in, we imagine breathing in all the difficulties of others. And as we breathe out, we imagine them, we imagine exchanging those difficulties for all the good stuff we've ever experienced in our lives. Sharing these moments of good fortune with others 
is as counterintuitive as it may sound, it, it can actually lead to a greater feeling of happiness in our own mind. So let's breathe together, taking in the difficulties of others and sharing our good fortunes instead. In that spirit, let's sit together in silence. This community is made of love, of all the delight and care that lies between and among us, even in a virtual space like this one. Sharing our joys and concerns, being generous and vulnerable with one another, strengthens that connection, magnifies that joy, allows us to lighten one another's burdens. If you cannot share in the chat tonight for any reason, we would still love to know what's on your heart please contact us at caring at uuabq.org. Hey, you're doing okay. It's gonna take time. It's gonna take time. Hey, you're doing okay. Gonna take time. It's gonna take time. The heart is a muscle contracting, expanding. Feel the waves and learn the lessons. Time. It's gonna take time. 
It's gonna take time. Hey, you do. pray together. We pray for Debbie Norris's sister who was in a car accident. May she recover quickly. We lift up Sean Peterson and their family whose seven-year-old child has brain cancer. May the Peterson family know the love of this congregation and may their child experience healing. We pray for protection for our trans youth and trans adults. May they know safety and love. We pray for all those impacted by war. May peace come into this world. We lift up Unitarian Universalists in this congregation and everywhere who work for a more just and caring world. May their efforts be successful. All these and all our joys and concerns, we lift them up to the great powers of celebration and healing and renewal known by many names. Let's pray today with the words from the book, Liturgies from Below, Praying with the People at the Ends of the World. That's by the Brazilian 
theologian Claudio Cavalli's. Spirit of life and justice, we're living under the empire of land grabbing and exploitation of mineral resources that is causing hunger, landlessness, homelessness, poverty, and malnutrition. It is enriching the minority and disempowering the majority. We pray that under the power of the Spirit and under our lives together, we can stand in solidarity and reclaim our God-given natural resources. We act against human rights abuses. We resist enriching the empire. We resist the impoverishment and dehumanization of the majority of the earth. We proclaim restoration of the stolen human dignity and a restoration of all that has been eaten by the locusts and the canker worms of this world. We proclaim justice and renewal of a fair and equitable society. May it be so. And may we all be held in the heart of love. Peace be with you.
Our reading this morning is The Cure by Ginger Andrews. Lying around all day with some strange new deep blue weekend funk, I'm not really asleep when my sister calls to say she's just hung up from talking with Aunt Bertha, who is 89 and ill, but managing to take care of Uncle Frank, who is completely bedridden. Aunt Bert says it's snowing there in Arkansas on Catfish Lane, and she hasn't been able to walk out to their mailbox. She's been suffering from a bad case of the mully grubs. The cure for the mully grubs, she tells my sister, is to get up and bake a cake. If that doesn't do it, put on a red dress. Red lipstick works pretty well too, in my experience. Well, I've just returned from three weeks of medical leave. While I was away, I received so many cards and encouraging messages from this congregation. The care team brought nourishing food to my door. Your kindness has meant so much to me and I thank you so much for that. I've seen the healing spirit of this congregation in action a lot over the years. I know that it's what we do, but it was truly a moving experience to find myself a little down and out and on the receiving end of it. I'm also super grateful to Bob and the church staff and the board of directors for their support and their good work. I knew that the church would be in good hands. These last two years have been hard for everybody and they've certainly been stressful for ministers of congregations. I've also shared with you some of my own big challenges over the last year, the end of a 25 year marriage and then coming out and all of the collateral losses, those two things entail. The deaths of several people I care about have really affected me. And I was beginning to sense a pile up of grief wanting my attention. You know, it's that thing where when there's some kind of a crisis, we power through and then once we get to the other side of the big crisis time and things settle down a little bit, that's when it hits you. It was that kind of a thing. I was fatigued and I had this feeling of anxiety that I just could not shake, just this terrible persistent anxiety. And I'd been increasingly forgetful and scattered, which is something that can happen with grief and anxiety. Maybe many of you have experienced that as well. I know many of you have. And then, I was in the middle of leading a memorial service last month and I was trying to open the door for airflow because you know this dang pandemic right and the door was stuck so I pushed a little bit harder and as it snapped open somehow it cut my hand I am still not sure how that happened I've gone back and looked at this door and I cannot figure it out but it was a bad cut like deep just ugh, yuck so I stepped out of the service to try to figure out like, what was I gonna do? Was I gonna have to leave and go get some medical attention? Um, several minutes later, I had bandaged it all up and decided I was gonna power through. There were just like 20 minutes left. And then afterward, I went straight to my car. I found a medical professional to fix my hand up. I took some pain medicine and I thought I was gonna be okay. I really wanted to be okay. But the next morning I did not feel well at all. And shortly before I was supposed to start leading our Sunday services, I realized I was late. I had forgotten what time church starts, you guys. 
I am in my 13th year of ministry here, and I forgot what time we start that day. So I could not fool myself into thinking that I was doing okay anymore. My health was clearly being impacted. I had to take some time away to rest, to heal, to grieve, to find a new therapist, and to get on an antidepressant. Why am I telling you this? Because if all you ever saw was me up here in the virtual pulpit looking well put together, you could get the idea that I have somehow risen above the messiness and hard things as a, of life as a spiritual leader. But that is not the case at all. I'm like you, trying to live a whole authentic human life true to the values of our faith. At times, each of us can be a healing presence for others, and sometimes we ourselves are the ones who are in need of healing. That is one of the things a religious community is for. So that's what happened, and I feel much better now, thanks to that rest. And I think it's really funny, though, that I had already planned six weeks ago for today's sermon to be called When Life Stinks. In another time, years ago, I once had a really terrible month, maybe even like a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad month, and I was dismayed to find that I had scheduled myself to preach a sermon at the end of that one called A Theology of Hope and Joy. <laughs> this one will be easier. My friends, sometimes life stinks. Sometimes life even sucks, if you want to know how I really feel about it. And when it does, it really helps to have a Unitarian Universalist faith. You could probably sum up a UU approach to life stinks in about three lines. Your suffering is not happening for a reason. It's possible to find meaning in it and you are not alone. It's not happening for a reason. What do I mean by that? Well, most religious liberals do not believe that suffering is a punishment for sin or anything like that. And yet, when something bad happens, even the UUist among us may very well find ourselves saying, what did I do to deserve this, right? Like as though there were some kind of logic of justice at work. Or when we hear of something bad befalling someone else, say they're diagnosed with some terrible illness, we might find ourselves trying to come up with ideas about why that happened. Have you done this? You tell yourself, well, uh, they smoked or didn't exercise or they ate too much processed food, or maybe, and this one is kind of a new age thing, maybe you say they harbored negative feelings that somehow caused their misfortune. I think that one is really unfortunate because it makes misfortune a punishment for feelings and feelings are hard to control, right? Feelings come, feelings go. We can control our responses to them, but not whether we experience them. The thing is though, like all of our conjecture does not really necessarily explain things. You know, my grandparents both smoked for over 30 years, a lot, like packs per day. My grandmother died of lung cancer in her 50s shortly after quitting. My grandfather is about to turn 90 and he's still pretty healthy. Who knows why? And really all of us are exposed to risk and make all kinds of decisions all our lives, right? But trying to explain why somebody else got sick or hurt or whatever, it does have a way of 
kind of psychologically shielding us onlookers from our own feelings of vulnerability and fear. If we think suffering is related to sin or poor choices or it's in any way deserved, then it follows perhaps we can protect ourselves from it. In the same way, when we find ourselves suffering and we try to figure out what we did to deserve it, even if it's, I should have seen that car coming or I should have known, what we're really doing is grasping for some sense of control over the situation. And if you think about it psychologically, it's easier to be at fault and to accept the pain of that than to feel helpless or like things are random. And I'm not saying we never get ourselves into trouble. We do. Suffering can be a natural consequence of choices and actions, but there's a limit to that, you know, and sometimes the consequences far outweigh the offense. A simple mistake while driving leads to permanent injury, like that kind of thing. It doesn't add up. The universe just does not operate cleanly on the logic of justice. Sometimes people suggest that a bad thing happened so that a good thing can follow from it as though it's part of a plan. But again, the balance is so often out of scale. No good thing can make up for the loss of a child, for example. It's so out of scale that in the end, this logic is not very spiritually satisfying or helpful. Also, sometimes one misfortune follows another in a kind of cascade. So the evidence and moral and theological reasoning all suggest that your suffering is not happening for a reason. However, it is possible to find meaning in it. Finding meaning in it is different than finding the meaning of it, if you follow. When people try to find the meaning of suffering, they come up with ideas like it's a punishment or a test of faith or it's meant to make us stronger. God never gives us more than we can handle, folks sometimes say. I remember thinking about that when I was a new mom with postpartum depression. I did not feel like I was handling it. I felt completely flattened by it. But one day after another passed by and eventually I just came out the other side. Well, sometimes that's all you can do to handle it, right? Luckily, sometimes it's all you need to do is just keep going. Looking back though, I do see that depression acquainted me with some inner resources, an inner resilience that I would not have discovered without some hardship. And it deepened my understanding of what it is to be human. So I have found meaning in it. Other times we transform pain into purpose by helping others. I once knew a young person who lost a parent to cancer and then she went on to become an oncologist, that kind of thing. While I was on medical leave, I downloaded an app called We Croak. Several times a day, it causes a notification to pop up on my phone screen that says, don't forget, you're going to die. Why would somebody who's experiencing sadness and anxiety want a reminder that we're all gonna croak? Because it helps us see today in the context of our whole lives. This day, this week, this year, it's not the whole thing. It's just one part of the story. In Buddhism, they speak of making friends with death. That's the idea that by being truly present to our mortality, 
we gain clarity about the best and happiest way to live each day. Bhutan is a predominantly Buddhist country. We Croak's website says that the app was inspired by a Bhutanese folk saying, to be a happy person, one must contemplate death five times daily. To be a happy person, one must contemplate death five times daily. The reminders are randomly timed, the website says. You know they're coming, but you don't know when, just like death. Every time the We Croak app pops up with one of these messages, I actually feel more clarity and peace. Humorously, it does not automatically have the same effect on another person who happens to glance at your phone when that little app dings and it pops up. <laughs> the poet and the essayist Diane Ackerman says, I don't wanna to get to the end of my life and find that I lived just to the length of it. I want to have lived the width of it as well. I don't want to get to the end of my life and find that I've lived just to the length of it. I want to live the width of it as well. That's that full life perspective. Another way to get a wide angle, long range perspective on our lives is to get outside, right? Spend a little time with vastness, whether it's mesa, mountain, forest, plain, or ocean do some stargazing or just some cloud watching. Breathe in the air, experience the thing with all of your available senses. Remember what you're a part of. Remember to what or to whom we belong. I also do know that sometimes everything, even the mountain and stars, temporarily loses its magic when we are in deep pain. And that's when it's especially important to know that we are not alone. You are not alone. Others have suffered and found meaning. It's the human experience. And we can find their stories in poetry, art, music, and other sacred texts. People grappling with suffering, trying to make sense of it, trying to get through it, remembering it differently, just like us. We can call upon our ancestors. They don't have to be blood relatives either. They can be connected to your life in direct or in indirect ways. They might be spiritual ancestors. Lately, I've been remembering a family member of my own who became an ancestor about 15 years ago. She was a high femme woman who never left the house without lipstick on, had a big personality, did not seem interested in the family's conservative Christianity, and whom some in the family suspect had a female lover. She was of my great-grandmother's generation. She lived through a whole century of ups and downs and changes. I feel connected with her now. And I remember her zest for life, how in her 90s, she would get dolled up perfume, powder, rouge, and go out to a restaurant and devour a whole plate of fried chicken. Ancestors, this woman was my people. Finally, you're also part of a congregation that cares about you and your ministers care about you. This is important because sometimes when things are really bad, having faith means trusting the people who care about you when they tell you 
that joy and beauty will return to your life, that you are more than your pain, and that you are loved. Sometimes when things are really bad, having faith means trusting the people who care about you when they tell you that joy and beauty will return to your life, that you are more than your pain, and that you are loved. However you are today, whether you're doing well and your presence here this morning is part of the healing spirit of this place, or whether you arrived in need of some healing, may you be held in kindness here. May you find all that you need to live a whole and authentic life, the full width and length of it. And may this faith be a blessing and a comfort to you. May it be so. Our Change for the Future organization from March through May is the Transgender Resource Center of New Mexico, providing advocacy, education, and direct services in support of transgender, gender nonconforming, non-binary, and gender variant people and their families. You can make an offering online by clicking on the link that we'll put in the chat box. And if you prefer not to give online, you can simply mail a check to the church and include Change for the Future on the memo line. All right, here's a song that you may know. We're going to go over the chorus first and feel free to sing along. Canta y no llores, porque cantando se alegran cielito lindo los corazones. And that means, ay, 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 sing and do not cry. Because it's through singing, Cerito Lindo, that we make our hearts happy.
What is generously given is received with gratitude. Thank you on behalf of Enquento, and thank you on behalf of the First Unitarian Church of Albuquerque. We appreciate your generosity. We're coming towards the end of our service, and if you wish to stick around and meet with your fellow congregants, just stay through the credits. We'll place you in a breakout room. And whether you stay or not, here's a discussion question for you to think about. How have you made meaning out of something bad that happened to you? How have you made meaning out of something bad that happened to you? Before we extinguish our chalices and do a benediction, let's do our pacham greeting. So I invite you to put your view into gallery mode. That's in the upper right-hand corner of your Zoom box. So we can see each other's faces. Maybe turn on your video. Let your, let your face be a blessing. One hand over your heart. With the other hand, reach out towards your community. We are not alone. Blessed be. As you go out, friends, may love bless you and keep you until we are gathered again. Blessed be.